It's the 1st of May, 2021. We've been chanting and contemplating. And so one of the chants that we do, it's into the nature of this body, that uh, the body is or our lives and who we consider ourselves to be. This is composed of the five khandhas. So there's that of uh, form of this body and then uh, feelings, memory or perception, mental formation, sense consciousness. So when we chant the Dhamma Chakra Pawatana Sutta, the first discourse that the Buddha gave, and turning the wheel of the Dhamma, this is about the Four Noble Truths and about the truth of suffering. And so he compared and said that there is no suffering like the suffering of these five khandhas, these five aggregates. These give us the most suffering. And uh, what is that suffering? It's the attachment that we find in these things, the attachment that we have towards form, towards feelings, memories, mental formation, sense consciousness. And so we have this attachment to our bodies. We see that suffering has come with these bodies ever since they were born. And even before then, we were cramped up in our mother's womb for nine months. And there's suffering there. And then being born, there's suffering in birth. You don't know whether we're going to survive that process. Now things are a lot easier than they were. But in previous times, it was like going to war. Neither the mother nor the child knew whether they would survive the birth process. And then after uh, they're born, these babies, they have to cry whenever they want something. If they want help or if they've uh, urinated or defecated or are hungry, they need to cry in order to get this assistance. And the parents, they do all they can to look after their children, go and need to find money in order to take care of the family. And sometimes they don't gain enough money, so they have to take out a loan and borrow it from other people. And so there's difficulty in finding these requisites in taking care of oneself and taking care of one's family. There's a lot of stress, a lot of suffering involved. So when we chant, uh, we recollect this noble truth of suffering. But oftentimes when we chant that, we don't really get a feeling for that suffering. We chant how there's old age, there's sickness, there's death, there's suffering in these things, but we don't really get a feeling for that in our hearts. And so we try to contemplate that to see how there's change and to see the truth, to see the Satcha Dhamma. So when our bodies are still in a good state, when we're young, then we want to be able to walk, we want to be able to run, to do somersaults, all kinds of things. But when these bodies start getting ill, then it's not the same. We try to walk, but it doesn't really work like it did before. Our balance doesn't really function well. And so when sankaras 
these conditioned phenomena, when this body changes, then it brings us pain. As children, if we like to eat something, then we'd go and eat that, and there wouldn't be any problems. We like spicy foods or sweet foods or sour foods, then we get enjoyment from eating those things. And we'd use our healthy teeth to chew them up, and it's very easy. But once we get old, then these teeth start to deteriorate. And how do they deteriorate? Well, they get aches, they start to decay, and bacteria start um, eating them up. Sometimes we have to pull some teeth out, sometimes we have to do procedures like root canals, and there's a lot of pain involved in this. So we get aches in all different parts of our bodies, in our arms, and our legs. Veins can become constricted or they can get blocked up altogether. And there's a lot of suffering. So in the space of our lives that we've experienced up till now, we've all experienced some kind of suffering like this. But perhaps we haven't seen that clearly. And the reason we don't see it clearly is because of the amusement and delight that we are constantly finding in this world. But what comes from that is suffering. That we want to stay on. We don't want to be departed from this world. But we can't stay here. And so we find delight in beautiful sounds, very pleasant music, in odors which are pleasant, in beautiful sights. And we gain attachment to all of these things. And this is what causes the heart to be absorbed in and find amusement and pleasure in all of this. And uh, you could compare it to being stuck to these things. It's like a bee that has landed in some syrup and it sticks one leg into the syrup uh, wanting that sweet taste and that leg gets stuck and so it sticks another leg in to try and free itself but that leg gets stuck and soon all of its legs are stuck so it tries to use its wings to get out but then the wings get stuck as well and soon the whole bee gets sunk into uh, the syrup and dies. And so being born into the world is like this. And when we get born, then people are very happy by that birth. But do they know that when a child is born, the one day that child will have to die, and that we'll have to meet with separation from that person, and we'll all have to suffer because of that? And so Lumpur Chah gave a very sharp teaching. He said that if you're going to be sad when someone dies, if you're going to cry when they die, wouldn't it be better to cry when they're born? Um, and usually when someone is born, we don't cry then. But the Buddha, he had great wisdom. And when his son Rahula was born, uh, he saw the nature of attachment arising there and how much suffering it was. That normally his mind was very spacious, was very open. Uh, but when he had a child, then he felt immense suffering. 
Before that, he experienced a lot of joy and happiness, and there wasn't much sadness in his heart. But now, there was a lot of sadness. So he went to find a path to relieve that suffering, to find a way out of that suffering. So therefore, we should contemplate this as well, that when we chant the Dhammachakapavatana Sutta, this first discourse, then we contemplate into the nature of suffering, that it is a noble truth. We look into the body and see how it gets old, and see how it grows sick, and see how it's of the nature to die. And really it's going through this with every moment, that with every in and out breath, the body is slowly dying. There's a lot of suffering here, there's a lot of difficulty here, that if we don't have enough water, there's not enough food, there's not enough shelter, then we'll experience a lot of difficulty. And there's also illnesses that come up in the body. You think that really the body shouldn't get ill like this, but these days we can see it so clearly with this pandemic that's spreading about. And people have to pass away um, without being able to even see the friends of their relatives. And so they experience even more suffering than what is normally the case. And we know that we come into this world by ourselves, and we have to leave this world by ourselves. But now, um, going through this last sickness, we have to be sick or by ourselves as well. And that we can't even see the faces of our relatives. And then we have to pass away. And so we should contemplate in this way, seeing that the world is just like this. Contemplate to see suffering clearly. And even though we don't want that suffering, we don't want oftentimes to look at it, to think about it, but it is a truth. And so Sotapanas are those who have seen the Dhamma and who have accepted truth. They've seen that old age, sickness and death is something normal. They've accepted that that's just how things are, that things are like this. They've seen the Dhamma, they've seen into the truth. But seeing the Dhamma, it's not attaining to the Dhamma. So we can compare it to, uh, it's like grasping something very tightly in our hands. And we grasp it with the most, or the utmost, of the strength and the energy that we have. So this is like a putujana someone, an unawakened being, someone who is thick with defilements. They grasp at things with all of their strength. But for those who have seen the Dhamma, they still grasp, but not so tightly. They see the Dhamma for the first time, and they grasp with 75% of their strength. And then if they gain this knowledge clearly again, then that reduces, and they grasp with half of their strength and they know clearly again, and they grasp at 25% of their strength, and if they gain complete knowledge, then they stop grasping entirely, and they let these things go. They let them go, they put them down. But the problem is that normally we grasp with everything we have. We grasp with all our strength. We have this 100% attachment, even say 1,000% attachment, and so... We suffer a lot. And that's why we need to contemplate the suffering, to see the truth of it, so that 
We don't go and become distracted and find amusement and pleasure in the things of this world. Because if we don't see suffering, then that's exactly what we'll do. Just like how dancers um, get so caught up in their dancing, they're so amused and delighted in that. But when we use something a lot, then that thing that we use will decay and deteriorate a lot as well. And so dancers have to use their bones a lot, and they decay very quickly. And these things, they're not sure, they're unreliable. So this is the suffering in the body. And when people who are distracted and amused in the world suffer in their body, then the suffering pierces into their hearts as well. But this kind of suffering, it has medicines that can cure it. And so if we get toothache, for example, and those people who have had toothache, they know exactly what kind of suffering that is, just how much that is. You can't even get to sleep. And sometimes it gets so bad that you have to get injections of medicine, morphine, for example. That's what happens when uh, we get very strong illnesses that we need to uh, be injected with morphine. And it's really torturous when it gets to this point. So we see that suffering is waiting for us, right in front of us. So what should we do now? How should we think? Or rather, what are we thinking about right now? If we think that we are this, we are that, that we're going to get this, we're going to get that in the world, we're going to get gains, we're going to get praise, we're going to get status, we're going to get pleasure, and then it's very possible that our minds are just going to come amused in these things. But when we get the opposites, when we get blame, when we have loss, when we meet with loss of status or pain, um, then suffering floods into our hearts. So every single day we experience pain in this body without stop without letting up, with every passing second, every minute, every hour, every step that we're taking, we're steadily walking towards great amounts of suffering. This is waiting for us in the future. And eventually it kills us. It squeezes us so hard that there's no breath left in us. And this is torturous. It's a lot of pain. So what should we do then to prepare? Well, we need to see that suffering is this way. It's waiting for us, and so we don't be heedless. We must be heedful, and we need to prepare ourselves. So monks who have come to ordain, and what this word means, a bhikkhu, is someone who has seen the danger in the cycle of sangsara of birth and death. And they've uh, seen that what keeps us in this world is the things that we are attached to. That's what makes us stay here, the pleasure that we find in the things of this world. And if we don't gain knowledge about these things, then we'll need to be born again. We'll need to constantly be stuck in this cycle. So therefore, in this life, we need to gain clarity of insight, we need to see these things clearly. Because these first three fetters, 
of Sakaya Ditti, uh, Silabhata Paramasa and Vichikicha of uh, self-view, skeptical doubts and attachment to rites and rituals, these bind us very tightly. This is the first barrier. And this first barrier is the thing that we must destroy first. And we do that through changing our views. This view that we have that these things are me, seeing that they're actually not me. But for now, it's normal that we see everything as being me. We're not able to let these things go. Instead, we cling to everything. So how is it that we see these things clearly, that they are not me? We must follow this path of sila, samadhi, and banya, of virtue, um, collectedness, or stability of heart and of wisdom. And so we can do this. We can see this in this life. We are able to get there. And uh, we see that this body that we're so attached to, that it's going to have to pass away, isn't it? And actually, this is a very painful place to live in, this body. And uh, when it's strong, we just don't see that. We don't see the pain waiting there. But as time passes, um, then we do see that clearly. But we should warn ourselves beforehand, tell ourselves to be careful. If we get lost in foods that are delicious, we tell ourselves, be careful here, don't be heedless, because one day our teeth are going to develop problems and illnesses, and there's a lot of suffering that's going to come up. And it's the same for our, the other things that we use to gain these sense pleasures, our eyes, our ears, our nose, our tongue, our body, it'll be just the same. But for the most part, people are heedless. They forget this, and so they become deluded. But for those who have wisdom, they'll see that suffering is closing in on us. And it's coming closer every single day. And so we shouldn't be heedless. And it's also a matter of our karma as well, that when we gain these illnesses, so we can see that with this COVID pandemic, that there are, um, some people who don't go out very much, but they still get this illness all the same. So we see that uh, we are related to our kama. We are born from our kama. And we must be careful as well. The illnesses that we're able to cure, we're able to relieve, then we should do that because um, we don't need to increase the amount of suffering that's already in this body. It's already a lot already. And we should chant a lot, practice a lot. Go through this chant of Yitipi So, do it 108 times for 10 rounds in the space of a day so that the mind becomes still. And carry on chanting until there's a lot of joy that arises in the heart. Until this joy fills up our minds, until the mind comes into samadhi. And then we can contemplate. And contemplate what it is that we're chanting. When we chant the word Buddha, for example, this one who knows, the awakened one, the joyful one. And we see that even though the Buddha had such great qualities, he passed away. Venerable Sariputta, Venerable Mahamogalana, the left and right hand disciples of the Buddha, they passed away as well. So we will die for sure. We can't stay on in this world. And so we look that we do need to die. 
that we're not able to take anything with us when we go. So therefore we should use this time to develop our bharamis, to do a lot of chanting, to meditate a lot, to always be keeping this goodness, this merit in our hearts. And this is what intelligent people do. They convert their material wealth into mental wealth, into inner wealth. And through generosity, they keep the precepts, they meditate a lot. And through doing this, we're able to destroy the conceit that we have, the sense of self that we have. And this is a lot of merit for us. And so we do this every single day. We don't skip a single day because we have our sights set. We have a goal because we've seen the danger in the cycle of sangsara. So we need to take it to the point where there's no eighth life. And this is how Lumpucha phrased it. There's no eighth life. That normally we say there's only seven lives left for a sotapanna. Uh, but he put it that there's no eighth life. So we must get to this point of sotapanna first. And so we do everything to get there. We're generous. We keep virtue, our precepts well. We meditate. We abandon the sense of self. We put down our attachments. We do everything that we can. And sometimes people wonder, and practitioners wonder, well, a Sotapanna has seen the Dhamma, so why is it that they still have defilement? We must understand that seeing the Dhamma and attaining to the Dhamma, they're different things. So they've seen that these things are not mine, but they're not yet able to put down all their attachments, because some of these attachments go in very deep. But they've seen it first. And on that first sight, perhaps they're able to extract 25% of uh, these defilements and of these attachments. But as they steadily practice until the point where they attain to the Dhamma, only then can they extract 100% of these attachments. So may all of you put effort into the practice. May all of you be firmly intent in this.